0: Okay. So here's one thing that struck me. The tour announced they wanted to move forward with the strategic sports group and sort of ruled out some other potential suitors. Sure. Before the deal is anywhere near being closed, right? Typically, if we're trying to maximize value from these investments, you keep it competitive until you choose who wins, right? This is not the order of operations that we're seeing here. Yeah. It struck me as a bit odd or unorthodox Jay Monahan came from Fenway Sports, which heads up this group and all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't mean to point and connect the dots and say something nefarious is going on, but like, why do you think the tour would take that approach of down-selecting first before conducting the deal? I'm Roberto. And I'm Dan. On the Course Record Show, we talk about the business of golf.
1: We discuss the trends, insights, and strategies defining the industry now and into the future. Course Record Show, welcome back. 2024 kickoff episode. I want to thank everyone for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, text it to a friend. We really appreciate it. Also, thanks to Holderness and Born sponsoring this episode. It's going to be a little bit of a different one. So recently, the PGA Tour announced they're moving
0: forward with the SSG. You know what the SSG is, Dan? I only heard about them through the press release that the tour put out. And it struck my curiosity. I wonder if I had missed something. So today, you and I did some serious research to figure out who these folks are, what they're all about, what they what they might bring to the table, but they deal with the PGA Tour.
1: That's right. It's basically just a list of billionaires that own other sports teams and want to invest in the PGA Tour. So let's dig in. There's some great business stories, some great backstories here, and uh, we did a little
0: research on all of them. We're just going to go down the list. So Mark- well, Hold on. Ad- let's Let's talk about these common threads. What okay. are some of the common threads you saw? Because before, we're, we're going to run down name by name here, but let, let's talk about what brings, what are some of the commonalities you saw? I saw two if you want me to kick off. Private equity, and most of them made their money in
1: finance. That is the first common thread
0: that I, I found. That's true, and that wasn't one of mine. Okay. Mine are Boston and baseball. There's a That's lot, good. There's a lot of Boston, a lot of baseball, and you're right, there's a lot of finance i'm trying to find a term with b that starts there i'm, I'm not it's not going to happen yeah but you're right there's a lot of a lot of overlap there in that venn diagram between those three circles
1: yeah so when that list came out i, I my first reaction was kind of the same actually about the boston i said this looks like the t sheet at the old sandwich member guest or something and then a buddy of mine was like actually it looks like the lunch reservation at like some Park Avenue Italian restaurant or it's like the power lunch place. And actually, once I started doing my research, I got the New York vibe too, especially with all the finance background. So definitely a Northeast tilt, uh, New York, Boston. You can make a case for either, but those are definitely common threads.
0: All right, let's get to the names. Who, who stood out to you in your research?
1: Are we going, who stood out or just go down the list? I think we should go down. It's short enough. We can get through it. Let's do it. All right, Mark Atanasio. We're going to start with baseball. Grew up in the Bronx, 66 years old, Ivy education, has a JD. He owns the Brewers. So bought them from Bud Selig in 2005. And that's another common thread. You're going to start to see a lot of these team owners buying in before valuations went astronomically high. So for $220 million, he bought a major league baseball team in 2005. Interesting background, um, the first two people we'll cover have kind of the same story and that there's really so he was part of the kind of junk bond fallout in 1990 he was a Drexel Burnham Lambert investment banker and when that all fell apart michael milken the um what's the, you know the couple of famous books about that era um he was put in charge of the bankruptcy proceedings and he was given a 2 billion dollar high yield security, distressed portfolio. And he had so much success um, unwinding that, that they basically just set up a fund that did distressed assets after that. And long story, had a ton of success with it, made a bunch of money and ended up buying the Brewers. Um, So, you know, took what probably seemed like a meltdown in 1990, late eighties and turned it into a big success. All right. What do you got next? Next, uh, Arthur Blank. We're going to go with my hometown team, Falcons owner. Uh, How did Arthur Blank make all that money? Co-founded Home Depot with Bernie Marcus. And why did they do that? They were working together. This is a pretty famous story, but dovetails with the last one. At Handy Dan Home Improvement Centers, and they both got fired. I, I don't remember if it was new ownership or new CEO, but they both got canned, and they said, hey, we think there's opportunity here. We can do it better. They got Ken Langone. To organize the financing, and long story short, they, it became the Home Depot. He bought the Falcons in 2002 for 550 million. So similar time to Atanasio buying his team, different league. Um, he's still b- since built Mercedes Benz Stadium, started Atlanta United, which is the MLS team with the highest attendance. He owns PGA Tour Superstore and the uh, TGL team here in Atlanta. But this got me down a rabbit hole, so. I'll ask you this: He paid 550 million for the Falcons in 2005. Do you think that was a good investment relative to the market or other investments, or a bad investment? And before we start getting all these messages or whatever from finance types, and we're back of the enveloping here. Okay, we're just kind of going like valuation, ignoring the cash flow. I, I tried to do it with dividends reinvested for comparison on some of these alter, but. Yeah, you know, don't get too in the weeds here. This is for conversational purposes. Well, Do you we'll think...
0: put the link to the spreadsheet in the show notes for the for the diehards. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, sports is booming. This had to be a good investment. Yeah. So
1: the last NFL team that sold was the Panthers to David Tepper. Um, I think it was three or four billion. So let's say the Falcons are worth five billion because it's they continue to go up. Right, these franchises. You're in a big city. There's only 32 NFL teams. It's the final toy for, for billionaires. Um, so he 10xed his money in 20 years, essentially. Um, the S&P 500 would be 5x. So he did twice as well as the S&P. Uh, what do you think $500 million investment in Apple would be worth uh, 20 years later? $500 million would be worth $5 billion. So that'd be 10 X. That'd be the same as the Falcons. I'll give you another chance to guess. Apple's crushing it. Maybe, maybe double
0: that. Maybe make it 20 X.
1: 324 billion. (sighs) Yeah. Microsoft would be 5 billion. That's a 10 X. Amazon. What do you think? Again, theoretically, I don't even know what the market cap of Amazon was in, in 2002. It was publicly traded, but you might've been buying the whole company, but just theoretically, right? Like just return on investment. Um, Microsoft two thousand and two to today, what would that five hundred million be worth twenty x forty eight billion so roughly a hundred x wow and Google uh only went public eighteen years ago, so it couldn't go back to two thousand and two, but it would be nine billion, so twenty x
0: wow so I there's of that <laughs> yeah
1: there's some uh there's some kind of just reference points I mean the most interesting one is the s and p right um is the sports a better investment than the overall American economy? And it was roughly twice as good. So and, and again, that's ignoring, I think the Falcons probably cash flow. This is just kind of your your book value, right? Yeah. Um yeah. so first two are stories of guys that turned um you know, turned a, a probably a, a career downturn into uh billions of dollars, which is pretty cool.
0: Talk to us about Jerry Cardinal. All
1: right, this might be the most interesting. One Jerry Cardinal, uh, Harvard BA, Rhodes Scholar, Goldman Sachs, like you know, pretty blue chip. He leads a firm called Redbird Capital, which is just incredible. Like, I mean, I got lost on their website. Nine billion assets under management, founded about 10 years ago. In sports, they have investments in AC Milan, the UFL, the Alpine F1 team, Alpine Fenway Sports Group. And then they go into entertainment. So they own parts of Damon and Affleck Studio. They own like a cloud provider, like a tech platform. They also have um, like financial services investments. They have a part of LeBron's production company. They have an analytics company. Like, I mean, if you want tickets to like a cool sports event, they have their hand in a bunch of different sports. Uh, But their like team part of their website is what really, uh, you know, it reads a lot like, um, a typical like private equity, like blue chip private equity firm, right? All the same schools, all the same kind of right into investment banking and then into private equity. But it, it really, I mean, they, so one of their top like three or four people was a theoretical nuclear physicist at Princeton before he was a partner in McKinsey, before he was the vice chairman at Citigroup. And now he's like head of investments or something for Redbird Capital. So like just a fascinating firm. I would love to, uh, I'm going to keep digging. I don't know if they put out like, you know, an annual letter, if they put out um, fund reports, but there's a lot to unpack with Redbird Capital.
0: Really cool. Yeah,
1: that's, uh, that's
0: quite a career path there. Um, and yeah, looking at these investments, I mean, obviously a lot of sports, but a lot of international stuff here too. So yeah. Um, but we'll get to that and some other players here. There's there's a theme on some of these things.
1: Yeah, and there's a really good New York Post article about an um, interview with Jerry that he's just a creative thinker, like thinking outside the box, right? Not doing kind of what everyone else is doing. And he's had a lot of success with it. The Next one is Cohen Private Ventures. So this is basically like the family office of Steve Cohen, who um, UPenn, Wharton guy, owns the New York Mets now, owns the TGL team out of New York. Um, Kind of one of the original hedge fund kingpins, right? Pretty secretive, but supposedly was the inspiration for the Bobby Axelrod character on the show Billions. I think they've kind of attributed that to a couple people, maybe Steve Schwartzman or Cohen, but definitely one of the people that turned into Bobby Axelrod. And then the name um, at, at Cohen Private Ventures who runs it is a guy named Andy Cohen, who talk about like the same schools and the same threads, same last name. Runs his family office, also a Wharton guy, but no relation to Steve. I could have sworn it was his son, but they're actually not related. So I looked up and down to double check that. Unless I got it wrong, I think it's just a coincidence. Um,
0: It's not that Bravo presenter either, right?
1: Not that guy. It's not that guy, right? All right. Well, I love it. So more finance, more New York, more baseball, right?
0: Well, I've got the Boston boys coming up here.
1: Yeah, this is a whole run of Boston folks. Are you taking this? Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm taking this, and it's uh, well, I'll talk about the Fenway Sports Group, which in some of the announcements were was determined to be the headliner, like the leaded the lead partner in this strategic sports group, right? Yeah, and also, so Jay Monahan
1: came to the tour
0: from the Fenway Sports Group. That's right. By the way, that's yep. right. Um, yep. So you covered that. So before talking to people, who what, what does the Fenway Sports Group do? They own the Red Sox, the Liverpool Football Club in England. And they're, this Pittsburgh, is not investments.
1: They, they're they the majority owner in these Majority owner, okay. correct. They
0: own, yeah. operate, their hands are in the mud with these teams. Yeah, so start again, sorry. Boston Red Sox, Liverpool Football Club in England, Pittsburgh Penguins, my main hitters at the Boston Common Golf Club. Can't wait to see them next year. The New England Sports Network, it's a media. RFK Racing in NASCAR, that's yep. a departure. Um, and then they got a bunch of real estate and sports management stuff and also uh, partnerships with LeBron's uh, entertainment and marketing arms. So lots of kind of like the Redbird group, a lot of different sports plays, yeah. um, mostly baseball, but not but some pretty interesting departures there with hockey and NASCAR, etc.
1: Well, and some massive ma- like Red Sox and Liverpool are both what you would think in the top 10 most valuable franchises in sports in the world.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, and they're the key players behind those two teams. So yeah, they also
1: have a separate sports marketing, like a pure play sports marketing company, FSM, Fenway sports management. Um, and they are actually interestingly for golf purposes. Now, been retained as like kind of the sales arm of the LPGA. So I think that's great. I think they'll do a great job. Obviously they have tons of experience across multiple properties. So uh recent news there that Fenway Sports Marketing
0: will be out selling LPGA. So who are the, some of the key players behind Fenway? Um their main, their chairman is John Henry. He's their principal owner. Made his futures and made it made his money in futures trading. So this guy Grew up in Boston, then moved to a Arkansas farm. And then he made his money selling futures on primarily corn and soybeans. Like found Uh, a way to monetize that in finance (laughs) and made made a killing doing this. He got to start in sports by owning minor league teams, buying up little shares here and there, which eventually got him to be owner of the Marlins. Now the owner of, now he's got the owner of the Red Sox. At one point he was a partner in the Yankees. Yankees to Sox is kind of an interesting move there, but yes, yeah. uh, but that's how it goes. Uh, he's currently the chairman of the MLB, of MLB's business board, and he owns the Boston Globe, so the main paper here in Boston. That's awesome. So, I mean, degrees from Boston University and Northeastern, like aside from this like Arkansas thing, which is interesting. Uh, doesn't get more Boston than that, right? And if you're picturing who is this guy, did you ever watch Moneyball? Yes. So there's a scene at the end where the, the Sox are trying to hire Billy Bean, the GM, and they send him an offer. So the guy who's giving the offer to Billy Bean, played okay. by Brad Pitt in the movie, yeah. is John Henry. That's what we're talking about. Nice. So if you want to picture that kind of role. So uh, yeah, the this base- guy's in a more. They're more a lifetime than I think my entire family will do in five generations. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. The baseball
1: uh part of it is really interesting. Yeah, I've just hear rumors, you know, here and there um that it's just a it's a really tight group and like Major League Baseball ownership is like the most heavily vetted um it's not just about having the money. Like it's it's absolutely a club of of people they want in there um and and it's it's a tight tight knit group and and he's the chairman of MLB's business board. So you always hear about like the powerful owners, you know, I think in the NFL it's Obviously, Jerry Jones and Arthur Blank is, I think, on that list. Cronky. Um, I think in baseball, John Henry is is about as, as high up the totem pole as it gets.
0: Does doing this expose on them disqualify us from that club? Is that what you're saying?
1: I wish there was some expose angle to this, but we're basically just talking about how awesome all these people are, so I don't really know what. Uh... <laughs> it's just yeah, it mostly makes- like a, this
0: is a total fanboy episode, and we're okay with it. No, nothing too juicy. Yeah, sorry. Sorry to disappoint. Um, all right, next up from Fenway, Mike Gordon. Um, he's president of Fenway Sports Group. He's primarily focused on the Liverpool arm. So made his money out in asset management. Again, another theme there. Um, tough guy, so Boston ties there too. But seems like he is mostly focused on the Liverpool operation.
1: Yeah, but it's interesting that in the list... and So we pulled this list from like the Tours uh, press release. Fenway was called out by name, and then these key people were also called out by name, like underneath, right? So they may be making kind of personal um, investments alongside Fenway. So we didn't pull these as like, who are the key people? Like these names, Tom Werner, Mike Gordon, John Henry, were listed individually along with Fenway Sports.
0: Yep, that's right. And the last... Um, the last person from Fenway who is listed there is Tom Warner habit guy. He's the president or the chairman of, uh, Fenway sports group serves in the MLB media on field and competition committee. So a lot of fingerprints there Owned the Padres from, for a few years, he founded FSG along with John Henry to buy the, the socks and, uh, before sports get this, this is a departure. He worked on creating a bunch of TV shows. Oh, so over 1,600 episodes of TV, including shows like that '70s Show, Third Rock from the Sun, Cosby Show, and a few others. Nice. So, um, yeah, interesting departure or interesting uh, career Big path time. there. Yeah, but um, yeah. So that's the those are the Fenway guys.
1: That's a, there's a lot of overlap there. The Redbird is a lot of um investments in sports and media, sports media entertainment. Uh, You're starting to see some of that, like Werner, you know, has a background on the media side um, and then the investments in, you know, like LeBron's production company. Um, There's a couple, so you're starting to, it's an obvious kind of next, I don't know, adjacent kind of industries that you can probably
0: use a lot of the same learnings from, but that popped up for sure. Yeah. More Boston. Yeah. Well, stay in Boston, but not on, not Fenway sports group. Okay. We've got with Grousebeck. He owns the Boston Celtics, he Uh, by several.
1: All-time great name. Somehow I had never heard of this name or this guy before.
0: Wick Grousebeck, all-time name. All-time name. He wasn't really on my radar either. Yeah. I, the first time I think I saw that name was when the Celtics fired the coach that we had. Uh, what was his name? Uh, oh, yeah. Some some affair happened, or whatever. So yeah. This guy popped up. And uh, great hair, too. Beautiful uh, hair. Good, yep. good lettuce. Yep. And um, made his money in venture capital. He was a partner at a prominent venture capital firm. Uh, co-founded Causeway Media Partners. So he invests in sports and media technology like SeatGeek, Formula E Racing, which is like Formula One's uh, electric yep. car series, and Zwift, you know, the cycling gamified exercise thing. Okay. Um, so that's what he's been doing a little bit after becoming the Celtics owner. He's, he's, he's done that. So, taking an investment knowledge and applying the sports knowledge. And um, he, along with Michael Jordan, Jeannie Bus, who owns the Lakers, and Wes Edens, they started Sincoro Tequila. So, the, oh. the theme of rich, influential celebrity people starting tequila brands continues alive and well. Uh, haven't had Sincoro. Have you tried it? No. Don't know it. Don't know it. No. it's uh, I know it's at the top of the shelf, but I have not tried it.
1: Nice.
0: All right. That concludes the
1: Boston crew. So, uh, Jay definitely, you know, went with some familiar, a high trust situation considering Jay is, um, a Boston guy through and through himself. So he's probably known some of these folks for 20, 30 years, honestly, maybe longer. This episode is brought to you by Holderness and Born. I've got good news and more good news. If you're stuck somewhere freezing cold, H and B has a new line of Scottish cashmere sweaters, and they're the real deal. This is the kind of sweater you keep for 10 or 20 years it comes in a beautiful dark green a bordeaux red along with the gray and navy the other good news if you have travel plans somewhere warmer is the resort collection just came out on hbgolf.com there's some gray colors and lighter weight layering pieces in the resort collection load up before you take that winter golf trip or your spring break trip with the family you can find that scottish cashmere and resort collection colors at
0: hbgolf.com dot com high post capital what are they about
1: high post capital um co-founded by mark bezos who i gotta give a shout out here on his bio on the high post capital website i kind of assumed he was jeff bezos's brother they kind of look similar and so they kind of talk about all his business achievements which are many and then at the end it's like has also made significant philanthropic and Business endeavors with his uh, family due to the success of his brother's company, Amazon.com. So I was like, oh, that's cool. He calls it out that he's like, I also get to do a ton of cool shit because my brother is Jeff Bezos, which is awesome. Uh, Co founded High Post Capital uh, with a guy named David Morose, who was a University of Texas guy. Interesting sports uh, backstory here. Created a partnership David did with the late Mark McCormick, legendary uh, founder of IMG. And they built out um, something called Sports Capital Partners, which uh, was either the first or one of the first institutionally managed sports media and sports investments funds. And I, I believe this was in the mid to late 90s. So just a lot of experience on this list, right? This is not the nouveau has some money, wants to dabble in sports crew. Like this is a very experienced, probably very operationally efficient um, you know, op- operators of sports businesses. So great, great list. And then last on the list, uh, Mark Lasry born in Morocco, uh, very close to the Clintons kind of always pops up, um, in his story, uh, former co-owner of the Milwaukee bucks actually played with one of Mark's, uh, sons at the uh, Palm Springs tournament, right. When they had bought the bucks, this was kind of right. When I got on tour, um, really good folks made his money in private equity, uh, interestingly took one of Trump's properties or businesses or uh, Trump entertainment took control of that as it went through bankruptcy. Um, but has, has, been, has becomes more from the NBA side, which I think Lasry and uh Grousbeck are the only two kind of NBA pieces there other
0: than like the LeBron production Spring Hill connection. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's very, very hands-on owner. It was he, he, he exited a team last year, but the, maybe not Mark Cuban involved, but that I think, very yeah. involved and very hands-on and i remember watching this all-star game i think it was 2019 it was like a it was like a celebrity game i don't know why i was watching this but it was and uh a very young Giannis is there cheering for him and you know Giannis is the greek freak yeah and it, you know and he had this shirt on that he made to support his boss with saying moroccan freak because Lazarus from nice. morocco originally <laughs> it was so good i don't think Blasby got many buckets in that game where Giannis could really generally cheer, but you know, like, like when you're superstar supporting the boss.
1: That's awesome. And actually, I misspoke. Um, after Lazar, we have one more, and this is not a small one. The baseball connection continues, uh, Tom Ricketts. So university of Chicago guy, interesting story, um, bought the team in 2009 for 900 million, uh, with a family trust along with his three siblings. So comes from, um, you know, well-to do family. His father started the company Ameritrade in Omaha. Um, his brother uh, was the governor of Nebraska and is currently the junior senator from Nebraska. So deep roots in around Omaha and Nebraska. Um, all his siblings are successful, owned the the cubbies through a family trust, made a bunch of money himself in investments uh, that was focused on fixed income for individual investors. And then, um, Bought the the Cubs from the Tribune Company when they divested the Cubs and Wrigley Field. So, uh, big emphasis on renovating Wrigley Field, the surrounding real estate. Uh, they put like a billion dollars into it around 2004, and then most famously broke the curse. Right, he uh, Ricketts was at the helm at the ownership helm when the Cubs finally won a World Series. So, good for them. Great story. Um, another
0: star-studded resume on this list from the SSG. Fun fact, do you know who the who Ricketts bought the Cubs from? The Tribune Company, right? And and why did he buy them for the Tribune Company? Why was that available? No idea. So Sam Zell, legendary investor, bought the Tribune Company, uh, and all that came with it, including the Cubs. Okay. But he's like, I don't want sports. I want the paper. Okay. So he said, I, I need to divest the team to make some of the uh, – capitalize the paper okay i I mean zell's pretty you know zell's done a thing or two right in this world i I think this is one he'd take a mulligan on yeah uh based on how that's gone and the cubs are again one of those iconic franchises and the value supports it especially with the title that came with it so uh you know i'm not here to i'm not here nitpick sam zell's record but i think that's one he'd take back
1: yeah and it's another thread that um I mean, this is the top of the top, right? I mean, there's no bad franchises to own in in these big leagues, but we're talking about, again, some of the – I mean, if you're listing the most valuable Major League Baseball franchises, it's the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Red Sox, and the Yankees, right? Like, we got three of the four represented here. If you're looking at European football – uh, Liverpool is on the Mount Rushmore of most valuable football franchises, right, along with Manchester and a couple others. That's not my area of expertise, but I know that Liverpool is one of those. So it's, it's the absolute most elite group of investors you could have if you're the tour and you're trying to bring new capital and, and bring new thinking. Uh, I mean, I can just imagine how much brainpower you'd have uh, with this group involved.
0: Yeah, and it's not just vanity projects owning these teams, right? right? So, so let's take Ricketts for example. He and his brothers bought, and his family bought the team for nine hundred million. They put an extra billion into Fenway and Fenway, sorry, Wrigley and the surrounding area, right, to keep developing. So they're they're doing stuff, right? This isn't just like impress my rich friends with my sports team kind of right. stuff. So it's uh, yeah, it, this research has been really illuminating because it shows. How these people come together the bets they're making the portfolios right it's been really interesting to see some of these patterns and now meeting of some of the best of the best and the best taking their shot at golf yeah that's interesting it is interesting it's really interesting yeah they
1: they know what they're like they know how to create value around these things right I, I look at the atlanta united so that's the mls team here they were an expansion team Atlanta's rallied around them. I I watched the the way they built the brand and built a fan base from the beginning here. The way Arthur Blank did is incredible. They won a championship. They get the highest attendance in the MLS. The vibe is awesome. And building that is going to be huge. It, and it's going to be huge for TGL too, right? You've got three or four of the owners are part of this SSG. It's like, what is this new concept? Well, the people involved have some experience in taking something that. Soccer in Atlanta wasn't a thing, and is now is is beloved, right? So this is not this ain't no hobby, right? To steal yeah. um, our boy
0: Kiz's line. At one point, I heard the whole live going after Rom was payback for the tour going after getting a new investors in the mix, right? That was one theory floated out there. But then you also hear Yasser Al Al-Rab- Al-Rabayan, who leads the Saudi. Uh, Arabia public investment firm, you know, at one point he wanted to shoehorn his way into Augusta and Pebble as part of like this, this deal, right? right. Is, again. So I, what do you think? You think if you're Yasser, which you're not, but if you were like, do, and you see the SSG folks and the CASIC characters we listed off, are you attracted or are you like threats?
1: it depends what your goal is if your goal is to take over the whole thing you're threatened if your goal is to get a seat at the table and bring saudi arabia into the modern economy and into the kind of the 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 upper echelons the most elite circles of of business and finance you're like just let me be a part of this crew right let me be a, a co-investor along with ssg now he's got all the money but he's gains a lot of the the cool factor and the credibility and the access to new york finance to major league baseball ownership groups to the nfl owners to it's it's a whole different deal so you i don't know but you could make a case that he wins depending on what his goals are you could make a case this is a big win
0: i agree i think it's the best possible thing because not only do you get golf to improve the image of the country and the investment profile but then all the stuff that comes with it right i think it's a big yeah uh I think it's the best thing that happened to the deal from, from the and the pips point of view. Right.
1: Yeah. And if you're, if you're playing the long game, these are the right people. It's just surround yourself with great people or get access to great people and work on those projects together and see what happens over the long term. You know, this is the kind of crew that I, every person on this list, if they call me and they were like, do you want to go start a Froyo shop together? I'd be like, yeah, I'll work at your Froyo shop. Right. I mean, it's just kind of those types of folks and, um that's a that's a real positive point
0: for the future of the pga tour when you get a chance to join the rocket ship you don't ask what's that's exactly right Um,
1: Uh, another fun thing a young guy in my office today i told him we were doing this episode he was like what do you think the parking lot looks like down in Pontevedra, like when they sign these deals (laughs) and i was like (laughs) and he wasn't talking about the car parking lot so he was like let me do about five minutes of research here and it's what you'd expect you've got uh the red and black Falcons painted uh, global 7,000. You got a bunch of G fives. The Celtics have a green painted jet blue plane. So it's a, uh, it's, you know, tight airspace down in Ponte Vedra if they ever get this thing to a, to a closing. Uh, but just awesome. Awesome. stuff. Hey,
0: look, the fanboying tra- continues. Yeah. Air traffic control outlier events. I think when those meetings happen. Yeah. Um, okay. So here's one thing that struck me. The tour announced they wanted to move forward with the strategic sports group and sort of rule out some other potential suitors. Sure. Before the deal is anywhere near being closed, right? Typically, if we're trying to maximize value from these investments, you keep it competitive until you choose who wins, right? This is not the order of operations that we're seeing here. Yeah. It it. Again, it struck me as a bit odd or unorthodox, and I don't mean to have say that it was like a tinfoil hat on per se. But what do you what do you read to that? You know, like yeah, you said Jay Monahan came from Fenway Sports, which heads up this group and all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know. I don't mean to point and connect the dots and say something nefarious is going on, but like, why do you think the tour would take that approach of down selecting first before conducting video?
1: I think there's probably some uh, upside to selling it internally to the, to the membership and to the, um, you know, to the board, honestly, that look, these guys have a track record. Their goals are, and that's another thing I think we should talk about. These guys made a bunch of money in finance and then they made a bunch of money in sports and you could, a lot of them in private equity. But I think this investment for them is like, yeah, we can, increase we can improve how the business of the tours run we can bring in some of that expertise but it's very different than like their private equity strategy of buying assets just growing them and maximizing every dollar out of them right I, I don't think that's their goal here I think their goal is like we can make some money we can help them we can definitely you know improve the tour at the margins and how it's run and bring in some expertise and some operational upgrades but it's it's not like the way their private equity funds are treating like some you know roofing company they're gonna roll up and string every dollar out of right and I think that that um, is important and so when the when the you know when the tour is trying to sell this to the board it's like these guys they want the best thing for golf in the future they want they're looking at it as another crown jewel like a Liverpool or a Yankees or a Red Sox obviously the Red Sox brand is you could not spend on the team and still collect your rev share from MLB and still make a bunch of money, but they, you know, they spend, they buy players. They are, they're near the top of the, so I think that, that part of it's important.
0: Yeah. I think that's right.
1: We've been analyzing and pontificating and fanboying, but uh, let me ask you, Dan, if you were one of the names on this SSG list and you got to come in and they wanted to get your thoughts and, what would you do to an event or what would you be like your big
0: idea you would bring in? Like pick an event. What What would be your, um, this is Dan's thing when he comes into the SSG. I'm a simple-minded guy. So I'm going to stick with the two themes I mentioned earlier, Boston and baseball. All right. <laughs> because with this group, there's no way there's not some tie-in there at the helm.
1: All right. And there's no tour event in Boston, by the way. You think that'll change if this deal goes through?
0: Absolutely. That's, yeah. that's front and center. And I'm as you might imagine, selfishly motivated as a Boston road. So um, I I think there's some provision, maybe it's an unspoken understanding that a tour comes back to Boston with this deal. And I think they would make a run to host a tour championship in Boston every year. Um, I'm sure our friends in Atlanta and Coca-Cola might have something to say about that, but they get to move their event to a better time of the year better let's from a do a theoretical
1: somewhere. because as a home as a homer i don't like where this is going um as an east lake east lake foundation and all that stuff let's let's just say there's a big event at there. let's make your event awesome without taking ours so go ahead
0: fair enough so you've got great courses in the city you know who knows tpc boston Church sure it could work got the country club that did pretty well in the u.s open a bunch yep. of others you mentioned the old sandwich yep. remember guests? maybe that's a essentially becomes the pro-am for this thing. Um, so lots of great venues, big time venues to elevate the profile, of the events, right. Things to choose from, it can rotate to make it even more fun. So yep. I think that'd be a good way to do it. Um, the on course betting, you know, betting PGA tours, make a sort of bet their future pun intended on betting. Yep. And with DraftKings being a Boston based company, they, oh. they all sort of powered, um, all kind of betting stations powered throughout the course, and kind of like horse racing, there's all these stations and how you can bet. I'm thinking a little bit of that. And we're gonna uh, ignore the fact that Boston
1: has the most
0: ra- unruly. I'll
1: put it nicely, unruly fans in American golf. We're just gonna ignore. We're gonna put betting
0: stations at a place where it's an absolute zoo, anyway. But I, pr- I prefer, prefer passionate, and I'm passionate. Sure come, I'm sure we come up second to whatever Long Island has to offer. Passionate
1: so. and unruly, fine.
0: Yeah. Uh, And these guys will really put their thumb on the scale because when the event is in Boston for the Tour Championship that I'm redesignating here, yeah, the Sox schedule will be timed so that there's great home games. I like it. I like it. So um, that's how it all comes together: Boston baseball, PGA Tour. I caught a game at Fenway during the
1: uh, during the Boston uh, Deutsche Bank Tournament one year. That's my only trip to Fenway. It was awesome.
0: Very cool. Drove 50 miles to make it happen. Yeah. um... TPC Boston
1: is not really in Boston for those of you planning a trip up there. Um, All right. Cool conversation. Just a fun one. Love reading people's stories and in business and then what they've done with their success. Uh, We'll keep following how this SSG tour deal goes, but uh, quick hits. Let's close with some quick hits. Let's just run through them. Uh, I'll ask you one. You ask me one. And then we, we can both answer. How about that? That works all right over under on major winners from live 0.5 you got a zero or higher uh higher How about i'll you? go i'll go one on brooks kapka so yeah i'll take the over does hovland win a major this year no i'm going no also does rory get a major this year is he liberated from his board service and he seemed to have let the uh let bygones be bygones and whatever in that soccer interview. does Rory snag a major this year? He gets Valhalla. He wins one there, Wow. Uh, I will say he wins the masters. I think it's his destiny, so I'll give him one. Ludwig Oberg has yet to play a major. Does he get a top five? No, oh, I go yes, hundred percent yes. I get it. I think he top fives his first one at Augusta National. Wow. Does Tiger top five in a major? I, I yes Augusta. Wow, wow, first one. I will. I'll go uh, the other way. I, I don't. I don't see it. Michael Block makes the cut at the PGA this year at Valhalla
0: or no? Set so the course record last year. He did, but, yeah, he did. Uh-huh. Um, presumably, there's some kind of media appearance there. Okay. No, he does not make the cut.
1: I got him making the cut. The guy's pretty freaking good. Most surprising winner. Who's your dark horse out there? Major or just tour?
0: Uh, I in major.
1: Okay, yeah. let's go major. Most surprising winner, major.
0: Anjo Cabrera, U.S. Senior <laughs> Open, baby. Let's go. It's,
1: that guy could win anything. He's freaking good on the golf course. Off the golf course has <laughs> a little bit more baggage to unpack. Uh, I will go with, uh, just take a flyer here with a late kind of late career. Ernie L's like win for Justin Rose at the British open. Yeah. he still, he still works at it and he's, he still commits a lot of himself to golf and, I always felt like he was kind of a two-major guy and always felt like Ernie need to kind of deserved one more. Maybe Rose takes a playbook out of Ernie's. Uh, I like that. Yeah. That's a great pick.
0: I like yeah. that. I can see
1: it. Uh, last one. Uh, venues. Anything jump out at you for majors? Augusta, Valhalla, Pinehurst, Troon. Which one is uh, high and low? Best
0: and just whatever. I-, I was thinking about these in collection, like as a collection of major venues. I don't love it. Like, I mean, Augusta's Augusta, but the Valhalla doesn't do it. Pinehurst, i love to play it, but doesn't. I never enjoyed watching the tournaments there. Trune, I couldn't name a hole. Yeah, so I'm pretty. I'm pretty unexcited about these venues. But you know more about them than I do, so I'm curious on your take.
1: Yeah, it's not. Uh, you know, what's been really popular the last few years is going to a place that has not uh, held a, a major in you know twenty plus years. People just like seeing a new spot, and none of these kind of check that box. So probably a little less excitement than like a year with the Country Club, and then you had LACC, and then. Oak
0: Hill was redesigned so it had you know generated kind of a bunch of buzz so um yeah but i think valhalla is time to be there during the same weekend or the weekend after the 150th kentucky derby this year that's Ooh, cool. that yeah. is cool uh
1: kentucky's cool i'm looking forward i played in that the last one at valhalla so know it um and like the area so who last one who's gonna uh what's tiger gonna be wearing this year
0: so as of this recording, nothing's been announced yet. We'll see if that changes. Uh, the heart says holiness and born. Uh, would love to see that happen with our partners there. The mind says he's going to go Grayson. They already got Charlie in some kind of weird deal. Which He's going to follow JT as a boy. Yeah, I mean, the... This, the there's a trail of breadcrumbs that leads there,
1: so yeah. There's also um some talk that TaylorMade wants to get into apparel, and Tiger's a really tight partner with TaylorMade, so maybe he does something there. Um, I also, it was also funny that uh, uh, the on running like CEO was at like some conference the day after Tiger dropped, and there were rumors who knows, maybe it was one person spreading a rumor, and uh, he was like. That's not us. We're not signing Tiger, like flat out. You know, like most people would just hedge, and he was just like, "Nope, we're not going to do it." But not in a negative way, but he was just like, "This
0: is stupid. We're not doing that." <laughs> so fashion's more your thing than mine. I just want someone to sign him and choose it for him because, like, have you seen some of these images from when he dresses himself at like a Tiger Jam and stuff Dude, like that? It is tough. Yeah. No bueno, my friend. Yeah. Like yeah. someone needs to just script it heavily. Yeah. And I don't care what it is, but just don't let him make those choices. Don't let him drive. Don't let him make those choices. Yeah, it's a good call.
1: Uh, That that wraps first episode of 2024. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, Text your friend, shoot him a note. If you enjoyed the episode, share it. Follow us on uh, Instagram or TikTok. And, uh, again, looking forward to what happens this year in the business of golf.
0: See you throughout the year. Catch you next time.